This week, President Trump had a shady phone call with Georgia's Secretary of State, and the Capitol, for the first time in 200 years, was invaded. You're listening to Politics Schmolitics, and this is the week of 1 4 2020. This is Politics Schmolitics. Politics always. Hello, everyone. Um, this week is more serious than the other weeks. And um, I actually remembered the order in which the events happened. So I can do it in order. Um, so at the beginning of this week, it was actually Sunday. So President Trump made a phone call to Brad Raffens. Burger. I think I mispronounced his name. I'm sorry if I did. Um, and it was a pretty disgusting attempt to turn over the results of the election, at least in Georgia. So <laughs> President Trump's legal team has failed and failed with all caps. I want to put it like that in their legal fight to overturn the election. Um, the main reason is that there was no voter fraud and there is no real evidence of voter fraud. There's just a bunch of photoshopped videos and pictures and fake conspiracy theories. All in all, there's no voter fraud. Um, that was confirmed by Senator Mitch McConnell, former Attorney General Bill Barr, and many other top aides. But still, President Trump's head is like a coconut, and instead of water inside, it's filled with gasoline, pure toxic gasoline. And so really what he did was arrange a call with Brad Raffenspringer. I think I can't pronounce his name. And um Ryan German. And in he was sort of like tempting Brad into changing the outcome of the election. He was saying like he would be a well-respected man in Georgia if he was to come out and say that he miscalculated the election outcome. And then he threatened Brad by saying he could send him to jail for lying about the results of the election. And he's not lying. <laughs> the president's lying to himself. But, you know, the president's pretty corrupt, so I guess that's something he'd do. But the entire time, Brad was pretty calm. He was confident, and he didn't give in to the president's corrupt ways. He corrected the president, and he did a great job. He was very confident and I'm proud of him. I think America should be proud of him. So this week, the Georgia, Georgian Senate runoffs also happened. And uh, surprisingly, both of the Democratic competitors managed to win, which is pretty great news. John Ossoff beat David Perdue by about 50,000 votes or 1.2%. And Reverend Warnock beat Senator Kelly Loeffler by about 90,000 votes or 2%. And as I've said many weeks before this, this really was the glue to all of Biden's plans. They needed both of these wins and all of the money and the time the Democrats invested into this, it finally paid off. But they still only have a one senator lead and they can't have any disputes amongst themselves. Everyone needs to stay together. They can't have anybody vote with the other side. So we re- the Democrats really need to stay together. And um, Senator Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, they didn't make any like um, conspiracy theories about election fraud or say their election was rigged. Trump did, but they didn't. They accepted it peacefully and they spared the country some damage.
so it was the main event of this week. And what I'm telling you is as of January 9th, 2021, lots of information is coming out day by day by day. And if you listen to this, let's say Wednesday of this coming week, you're going to have a lot more information than what I'm telling to you today. So you may want to look it up after you listen to this to get more the latest information because this will be outdated. Um, and so it all began with the Trump rally. It was a stop the steal rally. Um, there was no steal, but, you know, Trump does that sort of thing. And it was, you know, supposedly because Trump lost the election because of widespread voter fraud, blah, blah, blah. You know the story, right? And so Trump tweeted all of these flyers for this event. Um, it was a big deal. He tweeted many virtual flyers. He put it in his tweets. And he had very controversial speakers with very controversial speeches on Rudy Giuliani in the in his speech. He said there needed to be trial by combat. And Mo Brooks also said that they need to take down and cross out names on the list. And so both of those said that. And that's not that's definitely not something peaceful to say, especially at a so-called peaceful rally. But, you know, they can lie about it. They can say, oh, it was peaceful. No, it wasn't peaceful. That's not something you say at a peaceful rally. You don't threaten combat at a peaceful rally. That's not how peace works. Then Trump at the end, he wrapped it up by saying, you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. Right. And he's saying this to a group of people who believe every word he says. They think he's some sort of hero. They they. They'll do anything for him. They were prepared to go into the Capitol that day. They were absolutely prepared. They had the gear needed to break into the Capitol. They had planned it out. And, you know, when Trump said that, that was the last bit of confidence and assurance they needed that what they were doing was right. And it was absolutely not right. So the president said that they were going to march down to the Capitol and cheer on this great They're great congressmen and women, and some not so much. And then he said it was going to be peaceful. There were going to be peaceful protests, and peaceful was the only thing that did not happen. So they marched down to the Capitol. The president said he would go with them. He didn't. He lied. He does that a lot. I don't know why they still believe him, but they marched down to the Capitol. And once they got down to the Capitol, they had all of these people on the Internet saying, like, we're right here. Now is the time to come to all of these, like, Republican people. And they said they were going to confront the police live on the Internet. And yet president didn't ring a National Guard. Oh, wait, why? Because these are his supporters. He is going to save his supporters, but for peaceful BLM um, protesters, he's going to call in the National Guard. It's crazy. It's crazy. But these people, they went through the police barricades. They confronted the police. They passed the police and they got to the Capitol. They got onto the Capitol and they broke through the windows with their Trump flags and with these shields. That is extremely remarkable. You know, the Krusty Krab in SpongeBob SquarePants, if Mr. Krabs, if he just presses a button, there will be a bunch of sheet, like these metal barriers that come down on all windows. Boom, they're safe. 
But the capital doesn't have that. Um, and uh, SpongeBob SquarePants is a cartoon, but still, I mean, I just imagine it for the heart of the country to have like such security. I, I just assumed it, but it doesn't. And they managed to get inside the capital for the first time since the British invaded America a hundred years ago. It's crazy. Oh, wait, not even a hundred, 200 years ago. Sorry, I mispronounced that. Anyways, anyways, let's get on from that. They went inside. There were more police. They got past those police. And then they were walking down these halls. They were walking down Statuary Hall. Um, and they made it to the Senate chamber. And they took selfies on Mike Pence's seat, you know. And they were doing all of these things without any shame. And they called themselves patriots for breaking into the Capitol. I mean, does that make you a patriot by breaking into the heart of your country? I don't think it does. Anyways, they were trying to get some senators and congressmen and women. They were particularly looking for Vice President Mike Pence because while they were in the Capitol, President Trump tweeted a post particular, particularly opposing his own vice president, Mike Pence, and the entire Trump presidency. Pence has done everything Trump has asked him to do. He's been extremely loyal. He's been a great price vice president. But now Trump asked vice president to do the one thing he can't do. Mike Pence can't change the outcome of the election. Trump lost. But, you know, sorry for that. Trump said that Mike could to his supporters and his supporters believed it. Under law note, he can't, Mike Pence can't do that. And these supporters were prepared to capture Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They had all of the gear needed for that. And there's evidence that they were going for that. Anyways, two hours late, the president finally called in the National Guard. They came out. They peppered sprayed everyone outside of the halls. And they got everyone outside of Capitol grounds. And Congress, bless their souls, they stayed up until about 3.40 a.m. in the morning certifying these election results. Takeaways from Wednesday are that the president is obviously extremely biased, but he's just put that in bold. He's bolded it because if there was a peaceful Black Lives Matter protest outside of the U.S. Capitol, um, first of all, they wouldn't even break into the Capitol, but Trump would still call the National Guard. He would still activate the National Guard. They would still be pepper spraying peaceful protesters. There, there wouldn't even be a need to break into the Capitol because the president is so biased. And on top of that, there would be hundreds upon hundreds of arrests. But for these mobsters who broke into the Capitol, there are less than 50 arrests. Another takeaway is that not all Capitol police can be trusted because some police gave directions to the mobsters on in how to navigate through the Capitol. Some pushed down barricades that were set up and they helped these mobsters. And one took a selfie with somebody who broke in. And this isn't all of them. I don't want to general generalize all of the police, but a small group of them. And I think they really need to crack down on that group because there needs to be integrity in the Capitol Police. 
it's it was a very horrible day for the United States of America. It led to the resignations of many high authorities. The chief of the Capitol Police, um, Betsy Deval, the Secretary of Education, and Elaine Chow, the Secretary of Transportation, and the wife of Mitch McConnell. Um, Trump was banned off of Facebook and Instagram at least till the end of his presidency, but that can be extended or it could be permanent, depending on what happens. And Twitter permanently banned the president. And Twitter was his main use of social media. He used that the most. Um, He'd had 50,000 tweets, I believe. But now he's banned from that. There's a major impeachment process that's going on um, to impeach Trump before his term ends, and they need to do it extremely quick. Um, the first impeachment process, um, the Democrats managed to impeach Trump by the House of Representatives, but they couldn't impeach Trump from the Senate. And so Trump stayed in office. But now there are senators willing to impeach Trump. They believe there's enough evidence to impeach Trump. And it's really great. They can manage to impeach Trump. And on top of that, there's a possibility where they can make him permanently unfit for office. And that could stop his hopes for running again in 2024, which is really great. Anyways, that was it for this week. Thank you for listening. Feel free to join our mailing list. All you need to do is send an email to the email linked into my website. It's politicsmolitics2020 at gmail.com. All you need to do is say what email you want to use for the mailing list, and you'll get an email every week once I release a new episode. Thank you for listening to Politics Politics, and you were listening to the week of January 2nd, 2021. You were listening to Politics Politics, and see you next week.